Welcome back to the Lost in Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, Leland, here with my co-host, Elizabeth. Hi, everybody. And we have pulled from the Cosmic Selection, which are few <laughs> and far between left now. We are we actually have, first of the year, we're probably going to do a whole new Cosmic Selection. Yeah. Another 50 or whatever, because we've gone through most of them. We didn't realize that some of them were doubled. Yeah, yeah. And we also didn't realize them, how heavy Star Trek we went, which we, we should have We really guessed. didn't know is was that heavy with Star Trek. Um, and in saying that, today is a Star Trek podcast. That's right. <laughs> so, we haven't done a Star Trek one in at least a couple weeks. Yeah. So we pulled Q today. Yeah. And everyone's favorite godlike imp. Yes, imp is good, yes. Yes, he was quite imp-like. Um, I always found it to be really weird... Like, I like the concept of Q in Star Trek, The Next Generation, um, questioning humanity. It's always was a nice little thing they did. But I always found it to be really weird that he was in the first episode. It is true, because I always forget that, you know? Yeah, it's like, catalyst it's like it. first episode, Q, and you go to Farpoint Station and yes. have this weird thing happen. Yeah. You're like, uh, oh. Also, you kind of... It, I feel that Gene Roddenberry is such a fan of these omnipotent beings questioning yes. humanity. Yes. Because a lot of the original series is them rolling across these omnipotent beings where you're like, so there's another godlike creation being on a planet somewhere far in the space. Why you know? do you suppose, did he do that just to sort of like remind humanity where they're not the end-all be-all that there's oh, a lot of people be. yeah it's yeah. just like we can strive for something better i mean that's what q always said that he was trying to push humanity to be better but, sure but really it's because he was bored you know that's all the q that we know and love he was really just bored and wanted to kind of mess with us a bit uh, do you think he was that the whole time you don't think he was ever trying to help uh well no. he introduced he showed us to the board but it was to show us our hubris of going too far too fast. Yeah, also We're not he prepared. did. Yeah, exactly. Because then the board came and found us yeah, directly so I, because of that. Lots of people died. Yeah, you know? so I guess it was a dick move. You know, <laughs> I never isn't it? I I never actually thought. I don't know. I thought that anything that we got out of the relationship with Q was more luck than anything else. Because I yeah. I really think he was just he was bored and he, a little bit like the kid you know. Putting the magnifying glass on the ants. Oh, it's science! Now yeah. you're, you're tormenting them. You he know. was very much like the Superman villain, Mixus Pitalik. Like yeah. I'm from the fifth dimension. I can do anything. I'm gonna fuck with Superman. Why you not? know? Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like I feel that Q was doing. Yeah, I guess he would. Yeah, I. I guess I'd like to think higher of Q. True. But the episodes that we get, which were about one a season. Mm-hmm. And I loved he all did of them. not really help per se. No. Now that you really and I like think the about I, it. I like the idea that you know, and one of my favorite episodes, of course, is when he's turned human and he's in the shuttle at the end, and the yeah. other guy from the uh, L.A. Law guy, yeah, Corbin Burnson, exactly. guest stars. Yeah, when he pokes his head in there, I remember Kath and I watched an episode, being like, "Oh my god, it's another Q." We yeah. just were so impressed. But we liked the fact that the other Q was really not any more benevolent than no. RQ, but he just believed that what RQ was doing was just a little childish. And Yeah, like, he, he that Q had felt, he felt he was somehow, he knew he was above them. Yes. 
And he didn't need to act like a, he was above them. Because I think he was so far above them that they just were kind of like, you know, do Whatever. I need it? You know, it's yeah. like me thinking about dust mites. I'm really only going to think of them if they're bothering me. Well, yeah. What's, was it um, in Ghostbusters 2? Um, he says about Janos, the omnipotent being, he goes, you are not, you are like ants to him. You are playthings. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. That, that's kind of what, yeah. And then it even, God, you kind of hit me with that today and I never really thought about it. Like, to me, Q was... He's the he's the fun guy that comes on because he wants to teach our, our heroes a lesson. Right. You hit me with he does it out of boredom, which is true, and I've realized that. But to see it on face value as I really quick, quickly replay those episodes in my mind, especially Cupid, where he forces them into that weird fantasy of Robin Hood. Yes. Which... Let's be honest. It's pretty wretched of a terrible episode, yeah. but a fun episode because we just like watching our characters do things. What is that? I'm not a merry man. Oh now. god, it's oh, fantastic. On, yeah, <laughs> he's like Captain. I'm not a merry man. You know, he's, he smashes the um, mandolin or whatever Jordy's trying to play. Yeah, which yeah. is so funny because yes. just like someone destroy it. Yes, and someone does. Was I read in the article they were talking about? No one during all the sword fighting scenes. Like uh, Patrick Stewart, Michael Dorn, none of those guys. They've had like some. If you're training, an actor, you've got you've taken offensive. But they didn't do. They didn't know a lot of the action movements. The women knew had taken all the classes, ah, and they didn't get the, all. They had to do was hit like barrels and p- glasses over people's heads. Right. Like was it? Um, Gates McFadden was saying like she's like I actually was classically trained in fencing and dance, and here you're having me. Smash bowls of bread on me. Right. You know, I was like, typical, All right. very typical. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was the 80s. But yeah, but every time I think about John Q. Delancey, mm-hmm. however you say his name, no, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, he always just, Q was always just mean, you know? And so I never, it's funny that you would say that because in, in, in the end, he did actually help humanity at several times, but I yeah. just always thought he was just fucking with everybody. And, and I like the, ep- I think it's, uh, I think it's called Tapestries, the episode where, Picard's heart has given out because yeah. you always forget he has a robo heart. Yeah, yeah. Which is so weird. Yeah. Um, and you go back in time and we see how he lost his heart. And then we get to see his future where he 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 didn't fight right. that battle with the Nosigans and he's just a boring man. Yeah. And I like that speech where he was just like, I'd rather die as me than live another life as that boring dude. Right. You know, and I and I, I like that Q was just like, okay. Like again, it was like a weird gift to Picard. It was. Like he had this weird obsession with Picard, but in, but but a friendly obsession, but the, on his terms. Exactly. Though. In the end, I mean, once again, I think it's because he was as an omnipotent, omnipotent being. He was so bored, and he yeah. always thought Picard was interesting. I do like when when we were faced with the idea that Picard may have died, and he's just like he's like he's like I am God, and you're dead. He goes, I don't think you're God. I don't <laughs> believe the cosmos has that much of a sense of humor right. to screw me that way. I was exactly. like, I like it. Even in facing your immortal coil, you're like, no, I'm calling bullshit. On you that are one. not God. Not. Did but you, did it you did always that? bring that question up. <gasps> was he God? Yeah. Like, are the Q continuum some sort of God creating beings? Right. You know, right. like they never really went into the how the Q got there, and I don't need to. No. 
And it's, once again, it's that whole thing, you know, any science um, sufficiently advanced beyond our own could be considered magic. Sure. I just think they were just way far and beyond us. Whether that means omnipotent, I don't know. Yeah. But did you ever read the Peter David book, Q and Law? No, but I do own it. Oh, I do have it. I, yeah, yeah, Catherine yeah. Catherine and I just, we, we started to, in high school, we burned through a lot of the Star Trek books, which sure. a lot of them were wonderful. And the back then, like I've read some recent Peter David and I don't think so much of it. Back then though, the Peter David books were the absolute best. No, I did pick that one up because I was listening to a podcast about Star Trek, one of many that I listened mm-hmm. to. And they talked about, they're like, oh, if you want to read a book where they take two of the most wretched characters and put them together and give them Q powers, read Q and Law. And I was like, what? Loxana gets powers? It's like, it's that's got to be worth reading. Actually, and I haven't read it in years. I'm a little scared, too, because it's one sure, of those, I'm it's, sure it's dated. Right, but it's one of those cherished memories I sure. have of reading that book and being like, I love it. Everything about this, and Peter David always, in my mind, always nails the character voices. He always okay. gets it spot on. But there's a lot of great Peter David books, and that one, that just shows Q and shows how he can screw up, and um, yeah. it's neat. No, I did. I bought it for a dollar fifty on eBay. <laughs> I, I really think it's very. And there was another one he did one year later called Q Squared, which. I think is good in a different way because Q and Law has a lot of funny bits. Sure. Q squared gets dark. Q squared deals with um, alternate timelines. Oh, okay. And, uh, oh, it gets really, really dark, but I like it. Yeah, I like the the other one. I mean, I think Cupid's probably the worst Q episode. Yeah, I no, that. I'm gonna take that back. The one he has three Voyager episodes. Oh, I, I, I find those. I find two are one is solid. One is just okay, and then one is pretty wretched, and I think that's the worst Q episode. What's the wretched? The wretched one, I think, is his last appearance on Trek. It happened, I think, in Voyager Season 7. He has had a a Q baby, and he drops the the young child, well, young man, off, and is like, I can't handle him. Jane White, take care of this Uh, problem. Once again, where I think the Q is just mean. Yeah, it's like... just mean and spiteful. I would rather watch the episode of him on DS9, which is also considered a terrible episode, than watch that one. Because at least DS9's got some good one-liners. Like when he punches Q, and Q's like, but Picard never punched me. He's like, I'm not Picard. (laughs) And you're like, well, yeah. That's followed. And that's also why you're like... He will never be on this show again because this does not work. No. Like him stationary on a on a space station. No. And there was no chemistry between him and Cisco. It was like, no, this isn't gonna work. Had, I knew they had to try it. Interesting. Sure. Try it out. Give it a shot. Did yeah. He, did he interact with Bashir very much? I don't I think there was a couple. Yeah, I'm sure he did, but I don't remember why. I almost feel like he would him and uh, or him and Dax would have been more interesting to watch their interactions. Yeah, it could be. Actually, anybody with Dax would have been interesting. But yeah, no, because Dax is cool. But the yeah, the Voyager episodes. The 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 first one is is actually quite good. Mm -hmm. They come across a Q that has been imprisoned by the Q oh, in an asteroid, I, I and he wants one. to kill himself. Yes, I remember that one. So right, so, to, right to die. Yeah, so that one's yeah. actually got some interesting merits to it, and they bring in Q because, you know, he's Q. They also bring in Riker, don't they? Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. the one episode where she gets into, she's like, we're lost in the Delta Quadrant. He's just like, I'll tell everybody, and they're like, we're not going to allow you to remember. And he's just like, Ugh, and she's like, damn it. But what's nice about that one is it, it Janeway and Q worked. It was weird, yeah, 
but it worked. But he toyed with her. No, you know, he didn't toy with her. He does a little bit. He, like, tries to seduce her at one point, which is really just kind of awkward. But, like, he's not toying with her like he did Picard. Like, he respected Picard, but he wanted to poke the bear. Right. I think he really respected Janeway in a sense of, like, oh, she don't take my shit. Right. Like, Picard doesn't either, but he handles Q. Yeah, he respected Picard, but I feel like he maybe liked Janeway. You know, I mean, he liked Picard. Sure. But there was just, I don't know. You're right, the dynamic was different, but it still worked. Yeah, and then the second one, of course, is when we get to go to the continuum. Yes. And they they describe it as that long road where nothing happens. That's right. And they're all so bored. That's it. And and I like that analogy. They're like, well, here we are, we're at a roadhouse. Everything's happened. Everything has come before. Like, there's nothing left to say. Right. And they're all just kind of walking around like, huh, and just like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, and that's, I always feel and like then that then would definitely the be the case. Yeah. 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 I mean, where do you go when you know everything? You know, what, what comes next? I, oh, man. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a Q. Like, I was like, if, again, it's one of the vampire situations. Motherfucker shows up and says, I will give you the Q power. I will leave this podcast. Absolutely. Actually, no, I think I'd probably still podcast it because we're like, so I'm now a Q. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I remember reading, I mean, there's been, I mean, there's been a lot of short stories about this. Sure. This guy's in this, he's, he's died and he's in this area and he can have anything he wants and he can do anything and he can, you know, eat any foods that he wants and meet any people that he wants and, you know, he can play these instruments, he can do these things and he's like, I, you know, this is amazing, I've had lived this great life and now I get to go to heaven and then as the story goes on, there is no challenge for him, there is nothing that he can't make happen, yeah. it will always be like this and he's like, how can you call this heaven? And they're like, what made you think he went to heaven, you know? So <laughs> it's like, sometimes I wonder about that, if you're omnipotent and can do anything, where's the fun in life, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I, I. Well, we are we are questioned in that 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 too in that the other episode where the young girl is discovering that she's a Q. Yes. And he comes and he's just like, well, you can't be a part of this and do this. Yeah. Because you're Q. And I always kind of feel like, why can't she? Granted, so she cheats her way through life. I say cheating because. We're supposed to think having the Q powers are a cheat. Right. But someone else's cheat could be someone else's helping. Yeah. Also, know? I don't know. If you are truly omnipotent, who's to say that your mindset would be the same as ours? Would you well, even, that's the question when you, Riker yeah. gets turned into a Q. Right, right, right. And he starts giving everybody everything they want. And they're like, but we didn't earn it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, ugh. Fine. Yes, it's all right. No, and is and he he got well. I grant it. Time wise, we only have forty two minutes for you know. You got to like, wrap up an arc. Sure, but like time, yeah. Riker becomes a cute dick right away. Like he he's like oh Jean Luc, and you're like whoa whoa whoa. We're not necessarily on the first name basis. <laughs> yeah. You may be omnipotent, but that's Captain Picard yeah, to you. Yeah, so Come like, on, motherfucker, still call that dude Captain. You know, like <laughs> he earned that. Yeah, <laughs> he earned it. Damn right he did. <laughs> There's um there's a, a short story that's written I'm I've read it where Captain McCart and Beverly eventually do get married and they tell everyone they just had a beautiful wedding on his at his vineyard mm-hmm. at his old home with his um, sister-in-law and you know it was a nice day mm-hmm. where well, the truth of it is is Q kidnapped Picard 
put him on a planet to search for some treasure with Bosch, trying to force him to realize maybe he's still in love with Bosch versus Beverly. She goes and finds the female Q to bring her to with Picard, and they all go on an adventure finding some lost emerald or some shit. And that's how they got married. Oh, neat. And he's telling the story to Worf and Geordi over a drunken Romulan ale evening out with the boys. Is it a a, uh, canon story? Is it fan fiction? I it's I paid for it. Okay, then it's canon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, no, as far as I know, people still. Aren't they called it a novella. Yes, no, no, that's real. That's real. Yeah, you really can't charge money for fan fiction because if it's not officially licensed, you're not allowed. To sure, make money I mean, yeah. So, yeah. If you paid for it, it's canon. That's cool. Like it's a neat little story. I, like I mean, it. but it is. It's like for every good thing Q gives you, mm-hmm. it's like there's a backhand with it. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of interesting about the character but he you know and he would do just like i said the episode where he became human is still my favorite out of all of his episodes like um uh data laughing at the end which is just still makes me giggle every time i see it i know? do like when he was like he's, he's like please don't make me human. don't yeah that's not he goes he goes i would never wish that on anyone. <laughs> you're like damn <laughs> i do also enjoy that when he's just like well how do we know he's human and Guinan stabs him sure is human to me you know it's oh, like boy. it was like yep and we've we've talked about it before the guy sure. in cube back the fact that we never got a full backstory on all of that yeah. like we don't know ex- that always was so intriguing to me love yeah, that it could be like some sort of weird guy and half cute guy and baby running around somewhere maybe like, who knows who's you know? a beautiful mocha skin colored child because yes. it's like beautiful absolutely just radiation of happiness and glitter seriously in the most positive optimistic <laughs> yeah. why you'd like sit down and listen to that kid talk to you for days you're yeah. like just tell me more you're just like you're like dakota fanning's acting it's <laughs> so weird <laughs> John Delancey, of course, was so instrumental in bringing that character. Like the best writing in yeah, the world. He's good. Have done he's a good actor. I dig him. And yeah. then I, I come to find out years and years later, you know, the whole Brony thing is oh, very this weird. Is so me. weird. Yeah. It's go ahead. so <laughs> right, right. Bronies. It's so odd to me, but I, I like it in the fact that. Well, I like what he was describing because, of course, you know, it's My Little Ponies and it's guys who are specifically into My Little Ponies. And a lot of people think, of course, that's weird because it is a little off-putting. And then he's approached to do a documentary about bronies. And at first he's like, nah, I'm too busy, whatever. And then he reads into it. And one of the reasons why he wanted to do it was because he had a reaction to people just wanting to stomp on them. He's yeah. just like, in the end, that that was off-putting to him, that people would like, sure, he thought it was weird too, but he's like, should you be tormenting somebody about it? And then he comes to find out, he's actually like talking to some of these guys who are into it, and he tells a story about one guy, he's a, a drone pilot operator, who is going, you know, his daily job is to send these drones out, and they are not the information getting. No, they're the the bomb ones. And then after a whole day of doing something like that, this person wanted to go home and watch something light and positive and sweet and good, and that made them so happy. And I love the fact that John Delancey does not seem to be the type of person who's all sweet and happy and light. I feel like he brings the, a lot of the sarcasm that Q has was totally from John Delancey. Oh yeah, that was act, that was yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of choices being made by actor on so that. So this yeah. is this is not like a sweetness and light type of person, but the fact that he saw this and was like, "No, I think this is good, and I think we need to talk about it." And I'm like, "That that makes me like." No, it it's a more. good. I've I've also watched the documentary. I wish I've never watched the documentary. I've only seen clips of it and read his thoughts. About uh, I'll it. be honest. 
The documentary is quite frightening. I've I've heard it. it it's one of those things where in I, theory, I was very it's uneasy. The, right when you, it's in theory, it's awesome, but when you see these people like face to face, it's like this is almost a little too real for me. It know? was a little too real. Like, and I'm not being someone part of fandom. Yes. And the community of geek nerd culture. Yes. I I would honestly like to think of myself not being someone that would dog someone else's fandom. Right. Unfortunately, that's not the case. No, because I, sometimes I think it's some things are just a little ridiculous. Yeah, there is nerd on nerd crime, like there is on every life. Yes, you know, and I am been very vocal about how I think the Bronies are freaks, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I think they're freaky. Yes, but they embrace their freak, so I'm very much let their freak flag fly. It's in a way, it sometimes can be similar to the Twihards. You sure, know? sometimes they're off putting, but they have found something they really love, and and that I give them praise for. But I, in watching the documentary, found myself very uneasy with a lot of the. Perhaps the people they chose to show in the documentary, I found to be very, ah, I'm trying to think, their problems they had could have been easily, not all of them, but certain ones, could have easily been avoided by not being so vocal about your bronyism. Right, right. And... But then again, I am coming from a, the 90s perspective. Well, you know, growing up in the 90s, if you like something, you don't talk about it. No one make fun of you about it. Yeah. So, and that still resonates with me as an adult. I like a lot of things. I don't uh, I don't wear a t-shirt for every one of those things because I don't want people talking to me about it or picking on me about it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, they so have this... So in a way that you almost makes you respect them for talking about it because it's like you didn't care what people might yes, say Yes, and there it. is yeah. a respect there. But then you see, like, the for example, the, the one kid that drove me the, the most nuts in the thing yeah. was that he would, he lives in, the like, the deep south. Oh, yeah. And already strike one, yeah. you know? And, like, and he would de- decorate his... Like I think it was like a Lincoln Continental with like brony stuff. And I was like, you're asking to be beat up. Now, I'm not telling you not to embrace yourself because, God, I would never want to tell someone that. Yeah. But your surroundings and your environment at this time in your life don't give way for right. you to have your free thinking. Exactly. And I know that the, <laughs> we, we've talked before that the slippery slope argument is not always the case. Sure. But I always am I'm worried about that because I'm like, you've got on the one hand, it's like, Telling somebody, you know, you won't get picked on so much if you just keep it a little quieter. And then there are people out there who tell some gay people, you wouldn't have as many problems if you didn't act so gay. Right. And, and, like, and, 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 like, and that's the problem. Oh, I know there's, <laughs> I know those are two completely different spectrum type sure, things, no. but I always worry about the one and the other. I'm and, like, and, and, and I never want to tell someone <laughs> any of the negativity about that. Because right, right. I'm all for all of it. But he's clearly having to replace his car window a lot yeah. in this documentary, and I'm and thinking, maybe if you just stop. I mean, I, like, I, I want you to live your truth. I do. Yeah. But I need you to live your truth on a budget. Yeah. And the budget says, I can't afford another car. Also, you, I guess in some cases, you do have to consider you're living in the real world, you know? Yeah. It's like, and he's obviously not quite in the real world, you know? And, and that is the deeper problem. Yeah. Like, and that's not a problem I'm going to get into. But then you go to a, a, a beautiful side of it is there was an autistic boy who wasn't communicating very well with his parents but couldn't communicate through the world of My Little Pony. Exactly. 
So knock yourself out. Like that is a nice way to look at it. And I like that John Delancey embraces all of that, especially when he's in the documentary talking at the, the, the armed forces brony party. Yes. Which clearly is also a, we all gay in the armed forces party, but no one says that. And no one, no, it's not all of it, but you know, but but you can tell just from some of the people because I live in the real world and know what people are. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like I'm an adult and I can look at things and go, oh, that man is clearly a homosexual. That man is not. Yes. Like, and not that they should be any hiding whatsoever. I'm not saying that. But it was nice to see that there was a group of individuals that gathered together for their love of my little pony. And it's like a safe space. Sure. Yeah, no, I thought that was and awesome. Q was there to usher in all in. Which is, if you got Q on your side, I mean, you must be doing uh, sure. something right, you know? Now, those people, and I say those people, like, mm. I don't mean it in the sense of those people, but like, <laughs> them people in the documentary, one thing. Some of the sad stories did start to get to me by the middle of the doc. Also, it's a really long documentary. Oh, I was man. like, you wrap that up. Right, right. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of feeling a little sad for these people now, and I don't want to feel sad. Yeah. But then I go to Comic-Con, and this is where I think the bronies get out of hand. The cosplaying S&M-looking bronies oh, where you're like, yeah. I don't know, again, live your truth. True. I am not going to deny you that because you is your God-given yes. American right to live your truth. Yes. But... There are children present, and I need you to tuck it in. Yes. Yeah. And some of the, yeah, the, where, the, where it crosses over into the furry category. Yes. Because there's always, I mean, people will deny it, but there's always a really highly sexual element of the furry stuff. And then you add in My Little Ponies, oh, which yeah. is a children's show, and it starts to make you uncomfortable. So. I love when the furries say there isn't a sexual element to it. And you're like, yeah, maybe to you personally yeah. there's not. Yeah. But you cannot deny. Yeah. That there is. I think a lot of the furry art can be really beautiful, but when it becomes extremely sexualized, I'm like, you know, it's like I love I love photography, but certain sites I can't go to when I'm at work because it's sure. actually it's gone would, over into porn. You wouldn't go to the RobertMaplethorpe.com at work. No, I really wouldn't. <laughs> you no, know, because you, really you don't need to see that at work. I have a work laptop. I don't really need that stuff to be embedded on Because not computer. everyone needs to see a whip can go almost anywhere. No, you really um, don't. No. But it is funny you say that, like, the, um, th- that anapomorphic fascination. Yeah. Of an animal with a human, uh, you know, uh, the audience may or may not know, depending if they know me outside of podcasting and follow me in the (laughs) real world. I have a Boston Terrier. Yes. I love my dog. I have seen people draw sexy, humanized versions of a Boston Terrier. Oh, yeah. I can't look at those because then I look at my dog and go, oh. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. Well, and I'm, I'm in the same boat at that point because I like cats. Yeah. I very much like cats. I've always been a cat person, but my God, the furries love to draw sexy cat yeah. ladies. And it's like, I'm and, and they're not like Chitara, no. where they're running around being a badass to fighting good. No, no. Like, this is Chitara doing naughty things with her stick. And you're like, stop say, it, stop yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And how many breasts does she have anyway? Oh, I know. Like, I, I always hate that when yeah. they make them like. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, cats have eight breasts, so should she. You're like, you know that doesn't look good on human, no. right? Like, I've seen it. I've seen it before with the cows too, where they do that, oh. and I'm like, I'm like, but yeah, but technically, cows don't have like multiple breasts; they have an udder. Do yeah. we want to see a sexy 
cow woman with an udder on her chest. I'm like, we don't want to see any of that at all. God. People oh. are just strange. Oh, how did we get over into furries? It was my fault. Okay. I talked about John Delancey and bronies. And so. but, 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 but that speaks to John Delancey's character, though, as a good person. Yeah. That he saw that here's a group of people being, I'm going to use the word oppressed, and he wanted to bring a light on it saying, hey, you know what? Not everything is as creepy as you think it is. Right. There is some good here. Maybe we shouldn't be tormenting people for the things that sure. they like. Yeah. And I, like I said, I feel bad for that young man in the South who has to replace his window all the time. Yes. But I also, like I said, come from the 90s where it's like, well, if you just don't talk about it. You won't get beat up about it. Yeah, there's a line there you know? someplace. I know? never brought up my love of pop music in high school. I just stuck with I like Pearl Jam and Nirvana, and I was fine. Yeah. Like, no one gave me shit about it. Yeah. Kat but, and I did not talk about Transformers when we were yeah, in no high God, school. No. And then you, know, you just put on your headphones and walk home, and I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> you know? And then you get home, and you're fine. Yeah, yeah. But that's nice to know that today, you can go to school. Yeah. And wear your Transformers t-shirt. Yes. And no one's going to judge you. What they judge you now on is like, really? Bayformers? I know, exactly. Like, they're judging you on what Transformer you have versus Transformers. Yeah. Um, Ariana had said, what was it? Uh, she's uh, one of the people who photo- uh, takes photographs for us at uh, cons. And she put up an Instagram comment the other day. And she's like, I just truly believe that Beast, War- Beast Wars is the best Transformers um, chapter out there. And, sure. I, and I was just like, no, you're terribly, terribly wrong. It's G1 Transformers or nothing. <laughs> I mean, Beast Wars is fun. Yeah. I well, thought it was fine. It was fine, but, yeah, but I, would, I wouldn't say it's the, the best. But I love that, that we can just, like, we don't have to worry about talking about Transformers and people thinking we're weird. We have to worry about exactly which Transformers are you talking which about. Which is, is clearly a bigger issue. Yeah, much, much. Um, but maybe that's, yeah, yeah, back to Q, I guess. Well, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I need, now that I've talked about it, I really want to go back and read some of those old Peter David books. They were really good. I think it was interesting that Q always stuck with either Picard or Riker. Yeah. And really only the one time with Riker, really. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he would have worked with another character. Like, you you said, like, maybe he'd work well with Dax. Yes. I would have been But, you know, they never brought him back, so we will never know. Yeah. But, like, you know, would Q have worked well with, say, like, Deanna? Like, could there have been a chemistry there? Would they have been able to have their own adventure or to always have to be Picard? But granted, when you saw Picard and Q together, both those actors yeah. made it work where you were like, well, I don't really want to see Q with anybody else but Patrick Stewart. We only have 42 minutes for this episode. Sure. But I don't want us to waste it having him talk to Jordy all episodes. Yes. And you're just like, I'm not interested in that. Now, now, it was fun to see his reactions with Data. I mean, that was fun. I think, I think he's the only other one that would yeah. probably have been given anything yeah. due to the fact that here we have a disdain for humanity talking to someone who wants all the humanity. Exactly, exactly. Who, by the way, has all of humanity already. Mm. Like, yeah. so, so hate that. <laughs> I have no emotions. Bullshit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, you do. You don't need that chip. You clearly already have it. Uh, you're the best of all of us without having a soul. <laughs> oh, you, you saw that. Uh, the, I, I keep reposting in places the Star Trek versus Star Wars cartoon. That, uh, yes. Um, I think I think it was College Humor probably did sure. it, and they were like, "What is it? Um, don't be racist to aliens, and don't be mean to Data." There, I just solved Star Trek. Yes, <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's actually really fair. I love that cartoon. <laughs> God, I love it. 
I would, um, if you were given Q powers mm-hmm. before, I guess the advent of being bored. Yeah, true. Which I, I like to think to myself, I don't think I'd get bored. I well, say I that now, yeah. not have traveled all of time and space. Right, and however many, I mean, how many millions of years old is Q? We True. Don't know how old it's kind of like yet. a doctor situation. How old is the doctor? I mean, yeah. how bored, and we've seen in episodes, pretty bored. Isn't that awesome, though? I didn't really is think the doctor about Q? Is that, is that a thing? That's oh, got Someone's got to say that's a thing, right? Well, in the, in the Doctor Who Star Trek thing, I know that the doctor got to talk to Guinan, but the doctor didn't get to talk to Q, did he? No, not, no. God, I want that now. I wonder if it was... <laughs> doctor talking with Q. Like, is Q... Their their time lords evolutioned up, like they they can now just transform at will, you know, and do maybe, anything. Maybe that's true because the doctor isn't omnipotent. He's just lived for a really long time and knows a lot of things. Yeah. but I don't know. Maybe like he can die. Well, clearly we've seen him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twelve times. Exactly. We've seen him maybe thirteen if you count the war doctor. So you know. Oh yeah, that thing. That thing. <laughs> but no, I mean, I would love to. I would love to have that episode with the doctor and Q, like. Q became a temporary companion just to see what is it that you see? Why do you like people so much? And that would be an interesting conversation because you um, you, you do on one hand Q who's fucking essentially with humanity, yeah, yeah. and the Doctor who really likes humanity. Right. Well, for the most part, yeah, I feel the Doctor likes humanity. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think he would probably like. I could imagine Q having this crisis where he's like, "I'm so bored. I've done anything." And in the Doctor's yeah. like, "There's always more things to see." And that individuals like people are always the same, but individuals are always different. Well, you know who kind of became a Q-like being? Um, Dr. Manhattan. Like, and there's an individual who was bored with which humanity. Which is hilarious because I meant to bring him up in our last podcast, which is about radiation, because he got his powers through our radiation. It's true, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a prime example of someone who was just so omnipotent, he got bored. Yeah. yeah. You know? Actually, yeah. Boy, now I need to have the Q talking with Dr. Manhattan. So it makes you wonder if, like... But, yeah, so I guess over time you do get bored with the same thing over and over again. I mean, I see it. Yeah. I mean, but I would like to think me right today, if you were to give me the powers of an omnipotent being. What would you do first? Uh, I don't know, lose weight. Stop <laughs> like, that. <laughs> like, make myself look good. Like, Stop. <laughs> I, I mean, it's... What do you do first? I mean, I would like to... Oh, or this week I know what I would do. I know what I would do too. We're not going to talk about it, but I know exactly um, what I do. I, but, you know, but you know, not even not even saving that, like changing the, an outcome to an election or anything. Just make peace. I was... It's like, funny. I was just thinking, you know. You have omnipotent power. You yeah. can just... But then that's the question. Do you take away people's free will that way? It, that's, you've given the world peace. Yeah. Is that good or bad? I mean, on on paper, I'm sure it's good. I'm sure. But you are taking away the fundamentals of war and crime and and everything. And, and has man, a... man has a need yeah. for violence. Like I don't like saying that term, but there's a need within man, and I mean women and men, like in humanity. Yeah, and then you take away that need, and what do you mess with? You take away one thing, and you end up with Miranda and Serenity, and nobody has any will to live anymore. Yeah, maybe, that, like... maybe that need for violence drives other things. Because I was just thinking that, you know, of course, the documentary that I watched um, talked a lot about third world countries that don't have energy. And right. so if you don't have energy, you don't have clinics, you don't have refrigeration, you don't have 
disposal means, and they 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 tend to be just very. I would I would love to just use my powers to snap my fingers and clean things up on the planet a little bit, you know. But it's like they wouldn't know what to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Also. In my mind, I equated it because I used to listen to that um, uh, Five Decisions Away podcast with a guy from Hoarders. And he always talked about, you know, when you have a terrible, terrible hoarding situation and people are like, well, you know, just get the money together and just clean the house up. And he said, if you don't solve the underlying problem, a hoarder who goes back into their house will have it in the same condition within six months. Yeah. So, yeah, I could snap my fingers and clean up the planet right now and everybody would screw it up again a little bit. So how much do I take away their control? Do I make them do the things that I want them I'll, to do? I would probably just gently push humanity towards a Star Trek future. That would be nice. Like everyone kind of starts putting aside their differences logically and you kind of get to a point where maybe okay we've worked this out of our system yeah or fuck it create an alien that comes to planet earth and you humanity has to finally unite against one common goal maybe you know like i don't like the outcome of that but it seems to always work in (laughs) sci-fi i don't know they always talk about like you know do an emp burst that like takes out technology and you know sends man back to there and I'm obviously that wouldn't be good what if I snap my fingers like I didn't take away nuclear power what if I snap my fingers and all the nuclear warheads that currently exist on the earth are just gone it would at least take people a little while mm-hmm. to build those back up that'd be okay right or you know you you have the power of Q so you could basically well I could change s- physics well not even that you could just see the future like if you took mm-hmm. away if you made peace look 50 years in the future did it work? Yeah. What does it look like? And if it looks like it's pretty good, yeah. then do your thing and just justify it as, I made a decision yeah. for the common good. Right. Now, granted, it was a selfish decision, but, you know, look at the factor of, you know, what was what could have happened versus not doing something. Right. And know? then I start to worry. I'm just like, is it ever a good thing when people come in and said, I did this for your own good? No, and it, yeah, that's the problem is, is Q doesn't have those scruples. No, he doesn't. That's true. And that's what makes him not, like, he's pure Q versus right. that girl that grew up on Earth for, like, 17 years yeah. who suddenly becomes Q. You have to wonder if she ever has those, well, if I do this, then am I no better than the person that came in in this regime and told them to do this? And it's unfortunate to say this, but someone has to always take lead. Yeah. There is always going to be a need for a parent. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, it is our duty to have a good parent. Yeah. Some choices are not greatly made. So, you know, (laughs) having Q as your parent maybe not be the best suggestion. And maybe that's another reason why he was always so mean because for all that he saw humanity going on into bad directions, we don't know that he ever took that step. He didn't ever snap his fingers and say, I'm not going to let you explore into this area because you'll meet the Borg instead. You know, it's like, maybe that's why he was so angry. He's like, I'm omnipotent, I can do anything I want, but I do have some scruples, so I'm going to let you just screw up. It's also a slippery slope. Uh, Once you help once, and you help again, well, that was okay. And then the next thing you know, 
you're changing the minds of free will, yeah. you're creating a castle for yourself, and the next thing you're Emperor Elizabeth, and yeah. you didn't realize you were Emperor Elizabeth. And now I don't have time to do anything else. You yeah, know? because you're now caretaker, Emperor. I'm a caretaker, you know, yeah. like, this is great, you know, I kind of would have liked to use my omnipotence to go and travel everywhere, and still I'm here taking care of you guys. Yeah, you know? because of, yeah, no, there's a lot of, there's a dark side to the Q situation that, it's probably why he bounces around and doesn't stay in one place too long. He doesn't want to get attached to people. Oh, especially you get into the whole like um, uh, immortality. You oh, know? if you fall in love and watch all your your loved ones die. Though yeah. he can travel through time too. He so. also can make those people live forever with him. Mm, that would probably add to it. But if, what if you get really upset one day, just kill your friend just because he disagreed with you? You know, like, I think you've lived long enough. Now I'm going to take that away so you can die. Yeah, uh, it's like that's terrible. No, yeah. Oh, so what did we learn that Q, dick. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a jerk. You know? more, more than we thought. <laughs> I, I like, always thought it was a jerk. I, I just know. really never looked at it that deep before. It I was... really, I always liked him. I love the episodes that he was in. I did. Sure. I always thought he was a jerk. Like, I just never, I thought, I always kind of like to think the good in people. Like, he legitimately just really liked hanging out with Picard. and oh, thought he did. He, but But not to fuck with him. Like, just because he thought maybe, he, I'll do this to help. But his helping was not always what intended. Yeah. But no, that's never what the episodes were about. Like, he literally just kind of fucked with it. Yeah. Yeah. But we we were stronger because of it. That is true. The sad part is, is at the end of the day, Picard learned a lesson. Mm -hmm. Thus, we learned a lesson about whatever they were trying to... Whatever liberal agenda they were trying to force on our throat, you know. (laughs) Yeah, clearly. Um, Because, God, nothing is liberal. Um, But... Yeah, it's Q. Interesting to think about it. Hmm. What would Q do this week? Hmm, I wonder. Oh, God. You know we'll what? talk about falling down a rabbit hole there. Oh, let's see. Yeah, we're not going to discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope, nope. Uh, any final thoughts on Q you can think of? Or did I already ask you any final thoughts on Q? I don't remember, but no, I think I'm good. Just, but, uh, oh, just What's uh, John Delancey doing nowadays? you know what he's up to? Stuff. Okay. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. he's getting work if he wants He pops it. up in random things. Sometimes you'll be like, oh, look, there's John Delancey. Nice. Or his voice. Mm. I mean, does he have seen, I've seen him do a lot of voice stuff. Good for him. He's got a good voice. It, it lends to... I mean, he is the yeah. voice of uh, Discord, isn't he? On uh, the, My Little Ponies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how he got the job. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. he's a weird, looking creature, too. Yeah. It's like yeah. an amalgam of different dragon pony thing. I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? Yeah, some kind of... It looks like around. a... You know what it is? It looks like... And this is a, and I mean this in a positive side. It looks like a child's drawing. Yes. Like a child would draw a bunch of different animals merged together in this yes. crazy look and be like, "Look, this is the thing that haunts me at night." Mm-hmm. So then, when you find out that it's a villain, you're like, "Oh, well, yeah, that makes complete that sense." That does make sense. Yeah, that's what it would look like. Q and Bronies, an unexpected delight <laughs> in, in, in a podcast. There you go. <laughs> All right, we will see you next week. Bye, Bye guys. Ah, yeah. Get down!